0: And let me kind of give you a brief intro into what we're doing this morning. We started just a couple weeks ago, uh, Easter Sunday, we started a journey. We started a journey through the four places that Jesus would be at the end of his life. The first place we, 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 we journeyed to was the guest room where Jesus had the last meal, the last supper, the Lord's Supper, if you will. He had that meal with his disciples, very significant. We learned a lot from that that experience. We learned that Jesus surrendered and, and and showed humility and served his disciples. He showed us that it's not about what we can get people to do for us. It's about what we can do for others. And boy, God gave us a two-week period to practice that, didn't he? I've seen people out on with chainsaws. I've seen people moving limbs. I've seen people serving people with plates and working in food lines trying to help people meet their needs and you know it's not just about going to church there's way too many christians addicted to going to church it's good to go to church and you need to go to church but if that's all you do you got problems no your community has problems because the church don't need to be stuck in a building some people judge their spirituality they judge their christianity about how many times they come to a building and pray and sing and praise and but that's not how jesus judges. it jesus judges our christianity by what we do outside these walls well, I'm, I'm, I'm learning that more and more and more, more and more and more, that Jesus is more interested in you being the church than going to church. Amen. Give Him praise right there. <clears throat> we're going we're to journey out of the guest room today. The Bible says they sang a hymn and moved out into the Mount of Olives. Jesus goes to a very familiar place that... According to the book of John, he had gone many times before with his disciples. That's how Judas knew where to find him. He goes to this place, and 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 it's called uh, Gethsemane's Garden, the Garden of Gethsemane. It's very important, very significant, and we'll show you in just a moment. So we need to we need to pray now. Here, I'm telling you, I'm telling you. Say, well, preacher, I'm just here for them. The 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 the, the senior that's gonna that's gonna be graduating. I'm just here to honor them. Well, I promise you, it's not an accident that you're here. God wants to speak to you, I promise you, I promise you, God's got something to say. No matter who you are, it's no accident you're here. You are here by divine appointment. Well, I didn't even want to be here. Well, you're here. You're just here, amen? You might as well enjoy it while you're here, amen? Everybody saw your car in the parking lot, so don't, uh, you're here, amen? And we're going to pray that God will help us today, Amen. Man, what a great spirit's in this place. I'm just ready to preach. Amen. Uh, uh, Pastor Jalen, would you lead us in prayer and just thank God for what he did in the early service. Had two saved in the early service. Wasn't that great? Hallelujah. And I pray for more in this service. Amen. Uh, 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 Pastor, would you lead us in prayer and ask God to help us here this morning. The Lord, we just, God, first of all, God, we want to thank you for your presence. God, that we feel here this morning. God, it's it's an awesome feeling to know, God, and to stand in your presence. God, we love you. God, I pray, God, right now, Lord, that your spirit, God, would fall in this place. God, I pray, Lord, in the skit, Lord, that's being done. God, that God, you would get glory out of it. God, I pray, Lord, that, God, as, as we watch, God, that we would see what you've done for us. God, as we listen, God, to the words, God, that we could hear, God, what you've done for us. God, I pray right now, God, that we would open our hearts. God, that we could receive, God, what you've got for us this morning. God, just touch in the sermon. God, I pray that it would go out. God, that it would touch hearts, Lord. And God, we're going to thank you for everything that's going to be done in this place this morning. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. Then cometh Jesus with them unto a place called Gethsemane. And he saith unto his disciples, Sit ye here while I go and pray yonder. And he took with him Peter and two sons of Zebedee, and began to be sorrowful and very heavy. Then saith he unto them, My soul was exceeding sorrowful, even unto death. Tarry ye here, tarry ye here and watch him with me. And he went a little further and fell on his face and prayed, saying, O oh my father, if it be possible, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not as I will, but as I will. As he come to his disciples and findeth them asleep, saith unto Peter, what could you not watch with me one hour? Watch and pray that you enter not into temptation. The spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak he went away again the second time praying, saying, O oh, my Father, if this cup pass not for me, except I drink it, thy will be done. And he came and found them again, for their eyes were heavy. And he left them and went away again, praying the third time, saying the same word.
1: Yes. <laughs> in life future Restoration, where joy and sorrow meet. There is a place where hope remains, in crowns of thorns and crimson stains, tears of gold on Jesus' feet.
0: thank you so much for what you've done for us father i pray right now that you'll take the next few minutes speak to our hearts lord take the next few minutes and open our minds to understand what truly happened in that garden god help us to understand the significance of lord the place the pain and the prayer that was taken lord i pray that your will be done in all things god we love you we thank you we give you all the praise and all the glory In Jesus' name we all pray. Amen. Amen. This garden seems so insignificant. When you look at the guest room, you you see such a mighty picture, a a powerful picture of humility and servanthood. Jesus, I mean the creator of the universe, getting down and taking uh, the uh, the role of a slave or a servant and washing their feet. Man, what a... What a powerful, what a powerful situation that was. And how significant that seemed. I mean, to the point that, that this Last Supper, this Lord's Supper communion time, uh, from, from that time on, the church has kept that ordinance. And year after year after year after year, we, we, we took and we, we kept the Lord's Supper to remember His death. And He told us to. He commanded us to. And so that seems real significant. And man, the the, 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 the Calvary scene. When they're nailing him to a cross and he cries out, "Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do." I mean, the humiliation and, and hanging naked before the world and all the suffering and the pain that he went through so we could be free. Well, that seems so significant. Seems so powerful and boy, we can't can't leave out the gar the, the garden grave scene. Where he who once was he said, I am he that liveth and was dead, but I'm alive forevermore. Man, what a powerful situation that was. Can you imagine being there when the stone is rolled away? Jesus, the Messiah, who they crucified and killed, and he walks out with his own power. And listen, he has the keys of death, hell, and the grave. I need a witness right there. Man, what a powerful situation that was. I mean, I'd have loved to have been there and experienced that and seen that. and Man, watch the, the soldiers fall out and, and, and man, that just seems... significant and then you look back at the garden and you think this is kind of out of place this seems a little insignificant compared to everything else but ladies and gentlemen that is the farthest from the truth you see the garden scene the garden situation the garden experience is so significant to what you need to know today. Some of us think and look at the cross and Calvary and and, and the whips and the the three spikes and the cross and and the mockery and and all of that and think, man, that was the darkest hour of Jesus' life. But I beg to differ. Let me share with you just a few thoughts this morning. And I promise you, God's already speaking to some of you. God's already touched your heart. You may have come and and, and and made up your mind. You're just going to endure this and get out. But it's too late. He's already started. Listen. This situation. We come to the garden. I love that song. I come to the garden alone. While the dew is still on the roses. And the voice I hear. Are you all with me? This place was. Not an unfamiliar place to Jesus. According to John, the Bible says he came here many times. Jesus would spend many, many hours and, and much of his time in prayer and communion with his Father because, see, he knew where his true power come from. And you've got to understand, I know this is going to seem weird and I know this is going to seem hard to understand, uh, but really, you've you, you got to get this because you're not going to understand the deal unless you understand who he truly was. He was a hundred percent human being. He was a hundred percent man. But he was a hundred percent God. He was Emmanuel, God with us. He was the God man. He was a hundred percent God, but he was a hundred percent man. You said I can't figure that out, me neither, but we'll will know all about it. When we get to heaven, he's gonna explain it all. But you gotta get this he's the God man. And he felt everything you feel. He experienced what you experienced. He suffered how you suffered. He became man to pay the debt for you and me. Amen. So knowing that, you got to understand that he, in his humanity, he had to go to his heavenly Father for his, for his substance and his provision. and He had to go and, and live a life of faith just like you and me. That's why, that's why when the devil said, just turn these stones into bread, he said, I can't do something out of the will of my Father. I must always do the will of Him that sent me. And here we are in this place, this familiar place. This place that was so sweet to Him. This place that was an intimate place. This place that was a place that was special. And listen, in the darkest hour of Jesus' life, He had a place to go. He had a place that was familiar. He had a place that was significant in his life where he knew he could go and get away from the cares of this world. He could go away and get away from the hustle and bustle and go to his father and get the help that he needed. I I, I ask you today, do you have that place? Do you have a place that you can go? Do you have a place that you can go when the pressure is high? When things are not going the way they ought to go in your life, when you feel like everything's falling apart and nothing's going right, do you have a special place that you can go and talk to your Heavenly Father? I want to tell you today, ladies and gentlemen, that's the reason most of us are falling apart. That's the reason we're having to go to doctors and and everything else to get pills to calm our nerves when all we got to do is go to Him. Be careful for nothing but in everything by prayer and supplication. Let your requests be made known unto God. And the peace of God which passeth all understanding shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Cast all your care upon him for he careth for you. God is our refuge and strength and a very present help in the time of trouble. I'll be a friend that sticketh closer than a brother. I'll never leave thee nor forsake thee. Casting all of your care upon him for he careth for you. Cast thy burden upon the Lord, and He shall sustain thee. Listen, you don't have to tell him at the beauty parlor. You don't have to tell him at the barber shop. You don't have to tell him do other. Listen, just go to your heavenly Father. Find a place where you can get on your knees and say, "God, I'm struggling. God, I'm about to die. God, I know I'm I'm tired of the way. Lord, please help me." Amen. Amen. See, He came and He said, "Oh, my Father, Father." there be any way lord any way let this cup pass for me he had a place that was a, it was a place of prayer it was a place of prayer but then it was not only a place of prayer according as we read it was it was a place of pressure pressure have you have you ever been under pressure paul said i was pressed out of measure Paul said to the point he was ready to die, he was ready to give up. You see, the name Gethsemane is so significant. The name Gethsemane means olive press, olive press. In other words, they would take those olives and they would press them and squeeze them and grind them so that the oil and the product would come out of, that, out of that olive. And, and you see that, that you could not get the oil. You could not get the, 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 the substance that you were needing without applying pressure. And Jesus was in the garden. And according to Dr. Luke. Listen, Dr. Luke records this. He says, he says that Jesus was praying under such fervency. And un, listen, under such pressure that the sweat became as great drops of blood. He was under pressure. You see, you're here today. You're here today and you're nervous. You're here today and your heart's beating faster. You're here today and God's speaking to you already. You're under pressure. Amen. See, you're at a crossroads. Jesus. Just like Jesus was at a crossroads, and I'll explain that in just a minute. Jesus was at a crossroads. Will He do what He wants to do or will He do what the Father wants to do? He's making a choice in His life just like you are today. God's going to put you at a crossroads today. You're going to have to make a choice today and you're going to be under pressure. I remember the day that Jesus was convicting me of my sin, convicting me that I needed to be saved. He showed me that being a preacher's son was not enough. He showed me that growing up in church was not enough. He showed me that going to Christian school was not enough. He showed me that memorizing half the Bible was not enough. He showed me me that dressing up like a little preacher was not enough. He showed me that walking around in in a three-piece suit and cowboy boots, that was not enough. It didn't matter how many people said, look, that's a little preacher boy. I was still lost. And boy, God begin to squeeze my conscience. God begin to squeeze my heart. If you're here today, to save. You remember that moment? You remember when God was squeezing your heart, and you were you were having to make a choice in your life? Am I going to sit in this pew, or am I going to go forward? Am I going to stay the same way that I am now, or am I going to get right with God? And you're under pressure like you've never felt. I mean, you can't even hardly breathe. I remember that day I said, Lord God, if that preacher had ever shut up, I'd feel better. Oh, would he please let this invitation close? In closing was my favorite words. Because I thought I was gonna die. You know why? I was under pressure. And see, everybody goes to that place in their life. Everybody finds that crossroads in their life. And some of you are here today, you're there. Some of you have been coming lately and you've been gripping the back of the pew. You, you, you won't surrender. You, you know God is speaking. to You you know God is telling you what you need to do. You know God is, war, is working on your heart. But you're just squeezing, holding on. This place of decision, it was a pressurized place. See, don't ever say that God don't know how you feel. Because Jesus in that garden feels what you're feeling right now. It was a place of pressure but not only is the place significant but the pain in that garden was very significant so you got to understand something i said a while ago and i know you didn't believe me that the, that the cross scene we're going to have a cross right here next week we're going to we're going to dramatize the crucifixion scene and there's going to be a cross and jesus is going to be hanging there in agony and grief but you've got to understand, this was not the darkest time in Jesus' life. Let's go back again to that situation. Let's go back again to this garden scene. Jesus in His humanity. You remember, He's all human, but He's all God in His humanity. The Bible says that He took Peter, James, and John. He left eight of His disciples here. And you say, well, that, you miss one. No, we didn't miss one. Judas is going to betray Him. Judas has left and he has gone to uh, uh, get, a, get a crew to come back and, and betray Jesus and have him arrested. So, so eight of them are here. Eight of them are here. Then he leaves and says, Peter, James, and John, you come with me. Because see, Peter, James, and John was in the inner circle. They were the, they were, they were the closest friends that Jesus had on the planet. They were the ones that went to the Mount of Transfiguration with him. They were the ones who went in the room and he he, he brought a, a, a little child back from the dead. He, they were the closest to him on the planet. If there was anybody that was close to Jesus that he needed, how many of y'all know sometimes when you're a dark hour, you need somebody? Well, see, they were the closest to Jesus on planet Earth. And he took them with him and said, Guys, y'all need to come. My soul was exceeding sorrowful, even unto death. I mean, he was feeling the pressure of the situation. He was feeling what was fixing to happen. And he knew what was going on. He said, Guys, please pray with me. Guys, please watch and and pray, would you please help me pray? And and so so as they prayed, he he went up and he began to talk to his father and said, Oh, my father, if there be any way, I know all things are possible with thee. Lord, if there any be any way, let this cup pass from me. And as he's praying and agonizing prayer, I mean, the pressure is intense. It is so intense that his sweat becomes as great drops of blood. And as he's praying and begging God and beseeching uh, his father in heaven, if there be any other way... His disciples fall asleep. His closest friends, the three amigos, the three that are closest to Jesus' heart, falls asleep. Before you get too critical on Peter, James, and John, how many times have we gone to sleep on him? How many times have we gone to sleep on the ministry? How many times have we gone to sleep in our spiritual life to the point that we got totally away from God? And all that Jesus has done for us, we're going to sleep on Him. Well, I tell you, I wish I could say I was immune to that or not guilty, but I just got to say I'm guilty. There's been times in my life that I I turned right when I should have turned left. There's been times in my life when I got up when I should have went down. You know what's amazing? The Bible says, if a man will fall on his face and humble himself, God will lift him up. You know, it's hard to fall when you're on your face. Amen. Has that ever crossed your mind? It's easy to fall when we're standing up thinking we're somebody and thinking we're okay and there's no problem. Take heed, lest. The Bible says, he to think that thinketh he standeth, take he lest he fall. You know, it's hard to fall when you're on your face. Well, there's been times in my life I just went to sleep on him. And here Jesus is, the pain. I mean, the darkest hour of his life. You say, you done said that three times. What do you mean the darkest hour? The cross has got to be. No, no, no. Let me, let me share with you what happened, what truly happened in the garden. He is crying out to his father. He is crying out and said, oh, oh, my father. All things are possible with thee, but father, if, if there be any way, let this cup, not cross. Let this cup pass from me. You see, I want you to look in Isaiah. Just look on the board. We, we got it up here. In Isaiah, the Bible begins to describe what took place in the garden. The Bible begins to give us a vivid picture of what really happened in the garden. The Bible says, but he was wounded for our, he was bruised for our, the chastisement of our peace was upon him and when his stripes we are healed. Now watch this, watch this. All we like sheep have gone astray. We've turned everyone to his own way. Now watch, this is what happened in the garden. And the Lord hath laid on him the iniquity of us all. It's a big deal. Let me tell you why it's a big deal. If you look in Hebrews. Now, how many... How many people's sins was laid on him? All of them. Every murder, every rape, every incestual act, everything that makes us puke. Everything that in our minds when we think of this sin or this wickedness, uh, the immorality of man that just goes beyond imagination and it makes us nauseated. Everyone was put on him. Now Watch. Looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him, he endured the cross, despising the shame, and is set down at the right hand of the throne of God. Amen. Now watch this. For consider him that endured such contradiction of sinners against himself, lest you be wearied and faint in your mind. What does that mean? That means in that garden... In that dark hour, in that time of his greatest grief and sorrow. The Bible says, he who knew no sin. He was the perfect lamb of God. See, he did not have human seed. He was born of a woman and the Holy Spirit. He was the son of God. He knew no sin, neither was there guile found in his mouth. According to the word, he was the spotless lamb without spot or blemish. He was totally 1,000,000% pure and holy and righteous and clean. I mean, there was nothing ill about him. There was no even dark spot in him. He was 1,000,000% pure, holy, and clean. And in that moment, Jesus looked into the cup. It was not the cross that he was he was dreading. It was not the suffering that he was dreading. It was not the whip that he was dreading it was not the betrayal that he was dreading he looked down into that cup and seen every sin of mankind he looked down into that cup you see because God will not punish an innocent man and Jesus was the only innocent man but he took my sin and your sin listen every lie we ever told every murder ever committed every rape ever committed every sin of all mankind from the beginning of time to the end of time he took that and put it upon his son so he could punish his son for what we have done and in that moment in that moment Jesus who is so holy Jesus who is so pure Jesus who is so righteous he looks into that cup and he says oh my father oh my father if there be any other way oh father if there be any other way I know all things are possible with you but if there be any other way let this cup pass from me let this cup oh God if there's any other way he's so holy. And it was such a contradiction of who he was to take upon sin. This is a very weak, 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 weak illustration. But how many of you got home from work? Man, you jumped in the shower, had a good hot shower and Man, you're cleaned up from head to toe. I mean, you're, you're you're polished all the way. You jump out, get you some clean clothes on. Man, you're refreshed. You feel good. Every, and you forget something you forgot to do. And you got to go back out and get dirty again. And you feel like, man, I'm clean. I don't want to do that. I don't want to take out the trash. I'm no, I don't want to have to go get that and clean that. I'm... I'm now imagine that magnified a hundred billion times. Amen. And he, who is so holy, so pure, I mean, he is the, epi- the epitome of perfection, is on his face before his Father, saying, God, if there be any other way, it wasn't the cross. You see, he said, for this cross, for this cause, was I born. I came for the cross. you got to understand, after the garden scene, when he is in the courtroom, he is firm as can be. And he is, he is strong as can be. The cross was not what was bothering him. It was sin. It was the iniquity of us all. You see, he took the sin of Hitler... He took the sin of Jeffrey Dahmer. He took the sin of David Koresh. He took the sin of Jim Jones. He took the sin of every wicked person that we could ever imagine. He took the sin of every human being in this room. At that moment, at that moment, he had to become sin. The Bible says he became sin who knew no sin. Just for you and me. In that garden, we see a prayer. In that garden, can you imagine? Now, I don't know, I don't know what kind of moonlight was there that night. I heard a speaker speaking this week, I was in a conference in Atlanta, and I heard a speaker saying that he went to Israel, and he went to that garden, he went to the That Garden of Gethsemane. And he said you could see across the Kidron Valley and you could see where Calvary's hill was. Now I don't know, I don't know, I'm just speculating here. I don't know that maybe Jesus was praying in that garden and he could see across through the moonlight and see the very place he would be. But we know this, he cried. One of the gospels says and records that he cried, Abba, Father, Abba, Father. You say, what does that mean? That means a term of endearment like one, you or me would say, daddy, yeah. papa, whatever it is that you call your significant father, listen, the one who, who took care of you, maybe it was a grandfather. maybe it was papa, maybe it was father, maybe it was granddad, dad, daddy. He's saying, Daddy. Please, is there any other way? We see the relationship in this prayer. Amen. Can you see the intimate, the intimate atmosphere that is in here in Jesus with his father? They're having a, a family time. Man, I can see Jesus looking up saying, Is there any way? And God the Father knowing there was no other way. This was the only way to save you. This was the only way to redeem you. This was the only way that human beings could be redeemed and be rescued and be saved from their sin. Can you imagine? How many of y'all in here got youngins? How many of y'all got youngins? How many of y'all had to take them to get shots before? And them little monkeys will look up at you and cry. God, help us. Tammy made me do that one time. She never made that mistake again. I could see my little baby looking up to me with tears in their eyes saying, why? Why are you letting them do this to me? Daddy, you know, they're hurting me. Daddy, Daddy, I wanted to kill the doctor. I'm telling you, I wanted to rip his head off. Just let me at him. If you'll let me across that table, I'll fix this situation right now. And she just cried out, Daddy. But I knew in the depths of my heart that this had to be. I knew what was best, and I knew that there was no other way that she could uh, grow up to be what she needed to be without this immunization and and as, as hard and as bad as I wanted to stick out my arm and say, Stick me, don't stick her. That's what God the Father was seeing. He was not seeing His Son. He was seeing you. He was seeing me. And He says, no, there's no other way. This is the only way. And I love Adam. I love Eve. I love John. And I love Susie. And I love Jalen. And I love Pop. I love him. This is the only way. And this was such an intimate time in this garden. We see the relationship in this prayer. Then we see the request, Lord. Father, Daddy, is there any other way? But then we see the reply. But not my will. Thine be done. I got my way. And I got what I want to do, Daddy. I got what I want to do. But it's not about what I want. It's what you want. Now here's where I want to draw this all together. You see, Daddy's talking to you now. Daddy's speaking to some of you right now. What are you going to say? Some of you need to trust Christ and get saved today. Today. And you're in that place of pressure right now. The Lord's speaking to your heart. And you're gripping that pew. You're holding your Bible. You're holding a young and you're holding anything that will keep you from having to go forward. You're thinking, my friends are here. They're going to see me. I don't want to go. I don't want my friends to see me. I promise you this. I'd rather. I don't care what your friends say. Because I'm telling you. I'm telling you. One day there's a true heaven and there's a true hell. And the decision you make today may determine where you end up. You're at a crossroads. You're at a crossroads. And God's got a will for your life. The first will is this. I'm not willing that any should perish, but I'll come to Amen. repentance. Pop, you know what that tells me? The Father, Daddy, wants everybody in this room to trust Him and be saved. Amen. But you know what? There's some of you here to saved and you ain't right. You know you ain't right. Nobody has to tell me So I'm not going to beat you over the head about it. Nobody has to tell me when I'm not right. Right. Pop, I've been there. And man, that's a miserable feeling. So I'm not going to beat you over the head about it, you know. But I promise you this. If he's squeezing you right now, it's worth it. God gave me this. God gave me this in the early service, and I want to share it with you right now. You may have a cross in your future. According to the will of God, God may lead you to a cross. But I promise you this, behind every cross, there's always a crown. Let this mind be in you which was also in Christ Jesus who being in the form of God thought it not robbery to be equal with God but made himself of no reputation and took upon him the form of a servant and was made in the likeness of men. And being found in fashion as a man he humbled himself. I'm talking about he humbled himself to death. See he couldn't die. He was sinless. He was pure. He was holy. But he humbled himself to death even the death of the cross. You say that's terrible. That's not the, that's not the end of the line. The Bible says because of this because of this, God hath highly exalted him and given him a name which is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow and every tongue confess that he is Lord. Say amen. He's wearing a crown because one day he carried a cross. And whatever God is speaking to you about right now, whether it's salvation, whether it's just to get right, maybe it's to surrender for service. I remember when God was calling me to preach. It made me feel like I was going to throw up just like when God was calling me to be saved. Scott, you remember that? I'm telling you, I, I felt, dear God, I'm going to suffocate. I felt like somebody had me around the neck and I couldn't breathe. And I knew God was calling me into the ministry and I didn't want to. I would to do anything but that. Got anything but the ministry. I'm tired of the ministry. I've seen what the ministry will do. Lord. And boy, that Gethsemane pressure just kept on until God got out of me what he was looking for. He said, well, how much pressure am I going to have to endure? It depends on how stubborn you are. <laughs> I need a witness, Vince, right there. And I promise you this, I've been pretty stubborn in my life. But I guarantee you this. The only regret I have out of all that deal, why didn't I do this sooner? I could have I escaped a whole lot of pain and pressure if I would just did like Jesus. He said lord not my will but thine be done. Amen. And all God's people said